I want to continue on the series, a Rediscovery of the Gospel, Part 5. And someone pointed out to me that, you know, we could really call every single message that, and maybe that's why we're on Part 5. That's probably true. But I um, want to talk about something a little interesting this morning, the renewing of the mind. And normally I like to take a section of Scripture and talk about a whole section of Scripture. Like, for instance, last week we spoke on John 9. We went through the entire chapter of John 9. I just prefer that. It's better to let the Word speak and let the Word teach itself, yeah? But this morning we're not going to do that. We're going to jump around a little bit from Scripture to Scripture um, just to save some time because to get the context of all the Scriptures we're going to read, we would be here for a month. Uh, But I encourage you to go home and read them. But, you know, just about the Bible, it's just something the Lord has just put in my heart now to, to, to share with you when Jesus rose from the dead and he met his disciples and it says he opened their minds he opened their understanding it's actually the same word mind that the renewing of the mind he opened their understanding to understand the scriptures consider that for a moment he opened their understanding to understand which the scriptures for them was the Old Testament the prophets the Psalms the Torah. He opened their understanding to get revelation from scriptures where the covenant had been already fulfilled. Hello. I I don't know if we realize it's one of the first things he did after he rose from the dead. He opened their mind. Something supernatural took place here to help them to perceive and understand scriptures. Even though everything the scripture had pointed to Christ had come. How important is the Bible? How important is the Word of God in our hearts, in our families, in our lives, that He actually purposed to do that after He defeated death? It's a fascinating thing to think about. It's a fascinating thing to think about, that that's what He came to do. He came, and then He opened their minds to understand Scripture. I, I really want to encourage you. I don't know why I seem to be harping on it. Please, get a real Bible, <laughs> an actual book, I know electronics are helpful, I use them, but I encourage you, get a Bible. There's something about the actual scriptures. I I find that I discover truth that I'm not looking for when I read here. When I go electronically, I only find exactly what I'm looking for, because it's da 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 and then I get that little, and you don't get the breadth and the depth of it. I would just encourage you to do that. All right. And we're all so excited. Amen. Yes. Wonderful. All right. So, uh, the renewed mind. I, I'm not sure how this morning's going to come out, I'll be honest. It's just it's an interesting topic. So, but when the gospel starts to change your thinking, it's the beginning of a true disciple being formed. The word repentance in the New Testament, actually metanoia, means to change the way you think. So, Jesus comes in Mark 1 and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's coming and saying, hey guys, listen, I've come now. I've come. So yes, there's a repentance from sin, which comes through conviction of the Holy Spirit, John 16. And we recognize our great need for Christ. Because one of the chief antagonistic thoughts that the enemy plants in people's minds is that I can fix myself. As an unbeliever, I'm okay, I don't need God. It's a major trick of the enemy. So there is something of repentance from sin. I recognize that I'm in a certain state. I was born in a state and I repent from that and I come to you. But then there's an ongoing repentance which is to change the way you think. And it's what Jesus taught. 
change the way you think because now I'm here. So everything, everything that your natural mind thinks is not going to instantly change with salvation. So let's, let's read it. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The NIV says it this way, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We have a triune God. Yeah? Trinity. And we are triune people body, soul, spirit. Your spirit is instantly, it comes alive. It's a regeneration. It's something supernatural birth. You're born again. You're born now. Your identity, your real person, your real identity is who you become when you get born again. And that happens in salvation. And it changes a little bit almost instantly of the way we think. Habits sometimes fall off straight away. See, major transformation happens in salvation. And yet, the Bible talks here in Romans 12 about your body and your mind. Those are the other two parts. The body and the soul. The soul is made up of your mind, your intellect, your will, the ability to make decisions, your emotions. And so what it's saying is, yeah, you're saved, but the other two, they need some training. And who knows that? Because if that, you know, our bodies will change when he comes back. Instantly. In the twinkling of an eye. But our minds, which is the throne in a sense of the soul, our minds are to change here. In this age. And it's a major, major key. It's something the Lord's been dealing with me for the last quite a while. Is just recognizing the mind, the thought, how few believers are, what runs through our mind, we need to pay attention to it. Because a lot of people walk around feeling very bad for the thoughts that go through their mind. Like I had a young man, I've shared this before, came to me many years ago and said, I have all these horrible, terrible thoughts that pass through my mind. And I said, that's wonderful. Because they're passing through. It's when they stay that it's a problem. Billy Graham said, you know, you cannot control the birds that fly across you up, up there, but you don't want them nesting in your hair. We cannot control the thoughts that the enemy puts in our mind. But what we do with them, that's up to us. So, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, that just means we walk around on the earth, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a pattern of thoughts. Yeah? I'm sure most of you are already aware of that. But it's a pattern of thinking. It's a pattern of thoughts. And I said this to some people last night. A stronghold has a strong hold. It has a stronghold on people. If you think about an actual physical stronghold up on the hill, it's something that's been existing and built and strong that people can hide behind and fight from there. And we have that many times in our minds. The Bible says the enemy encamps behind the fortress. So if you believe in deliverance, which I do, I don't think there's a demon behind every bush. I really don't. Some people are like that. But there are times when that kind of ministry is absolutely necessary. But it's not a 
rescue all thing. That's how some people see it. It just will change. No, no, friends. The enemy encamps behind a fortress, behind a stronghold, which in our minds is a lie. It's a lie. That's why the truth sets free, not ministry. Ministry will assist in removing things so truth can come to remove lies. How do you know if you have a lie in your heart somewhere? Now this is in my notes. It's just what the Lord is speaking to us. What, how do I know that there's a lie in my heart in an area where there's no hope? I think it was Francis of Assisi or Francis Frangipani who originally said that. Any area of your life, Assisi? Frangipani. Any area of your life, he said, where there is no hope is under the influence of a lie. And hope means an expectation of good. Yeah. And so we have these strongholds. And the Bible says we have weapons to tear those things down. That exposes the enemy. If there is something supernatural in a person's life that is causing them to, well, you deal with the lie. And then he stands naked. Oh, everyone can see me. And his power is taken. Because of truth. It says, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. A lot of people talk about the knowledge of God in terms of like what you know about God. And that is, there's different types of knowledge of God. I don't want to get into it, but that is one of them. What you know about God. But a genuine understanding of the knowledge of God is actually what God knows to be true. It's His knowledge. And in the Old Testament, it says, you know, we, we cannot, his thoughts are higher and he's this and, and, and his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher and we can't, who can know the mind of the Lord? And then it repeats it in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 2. And so people stop there. They, they, religion always quotes half a verse. Always. Quotes half a verse and then they just, and it says, but now, by the Spirit, we can know the thoughts of God. We can have his thoughts, his type of thinking. Which is, which is what God and what Jesus has made available. It's an incredible thing. And so he says, Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ, which we'll get into in a moment. The gospel of Jesus Christ does make a new person, and yet the Bible says our minds need to be renewed renewed, made new again. It actually means uh, renovation. Complete change for the better. That's the actual definition. Complete change for the better. So a person, they start to think a little different when they get saved. But it needs to continue. And it's something that you do. Not something other people can do for you. If you feel condemned this morning, don't. I've always said, put on, your, put on better ears. Uh, because that's not the heart at all. But So the question is, how do you think? You personally, how do you think? What goes through your mind? People say, you know, meditation is actually a biblical word. The East, Eastern mysticism has taken that word and made Westerners nervous of it. No, meditation is a biblical word. People say, well, I don't know how to meditate. Have you ever lay on your bed at night thinking about an argument that you've had and what, when they say this and I'm going to say this? And, okay, that just proves you know how to meditate. That's really all it is. That's really all it is. So how do you, how do you think when you're alone? I really mean it. What, what, what do you speak to your mind about when you're by yourself? What goes through your mind? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
the mind is one of the areas of, I can say, Western Christianity that's been largely ignored in, for spiritual activity. Very, very important. Very, very important. Um, Proverbs 16, 32, I love it. It says, he, he that rules his mind is greater than he that takes a city. Yeah, that's a good verse. I have actually people that I have for honor in my heart. I have their names in my Bible. That person does this. That person does this. That person does this. He that rules his mind is greater than he that takes a city. So, by the grace of God, let's see how far we get today. The need for the renewed mind. Why is there such a major need for the renewed mind? Well, the Bible says in Matthew 6, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah? Who knows that first? It's famous first. It's Jesus teaching them to pray. Now, whenever the kingdom of God impacts this realm, the seen realm, the unseen, the unseen was first. Whenever the kingdom of God impacts this realm, something will change. Whenever the will of God is understood and obeyed, the kingdom is invaded. Whenever the will of God is understood and obeyed or partnered with, it's not just to understand it, it's to partner with it. The kingdom is just invaded. And we all think supernatural. Well, some of us. It's kindness, love, gentleness. Those things too. Going to work. Working hard. Whenever the will of God is understood in any facet of your life and then obeyed, God's kingdom has invaded an area of your heart. Okay, very important. Now, Jesus said this when he was on the earth. He displayed for us what the will of God is in every situation he was in. The will of God was never not done when Jesus was here. Would you agree with that? Okay, that's why he said, if you want to know what the Father is like, look at me. He even said in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven, that's the kingdom coming, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The way the kingdom of God comes, in a sense, onto the earth is that his will is done here as it's done there. But it's not doing his will out of fear or, or he's going to punish. No. In the Old Testament even, in the, in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Exodus, the law actually commanded that it was a, it was a law. You must love God. And they weren't empowered to love him like that. That's why Jesus came. But it's pointing to something. That obedience from a heart of love brings the kingdom. Not obedience from a heart of fear. That's why people can, they can do the right thing. You know, you can do the right thing in the worst way. But to know his will requires the engagement of the mind. Yeah? To know his will requires the engagement of this. So what do you think the enemy's after? This. Why? Because if he can stop it here, it'll never go further. If he can stop it here, the kingdom of God, the will of God on the earth being done, thereby kingdom invading. If he can stop it in the mind, that will never happen. So he says, well, that's great. I'm going to attack the mind. And he, the onslaught of the thoughts and the stuff and then the guilt and why, oh, it's in the mind. To be transformed, the Bible says the renewing of the mind is the key the only key it actually gives us in that area 
to be transformed is, to, is by changing the way you think. It's by the renewing of the mind. That word transformation is only mentioned one time in the Gospels. It's when Jesus was transfigured. You know it's the same Greek word? The transfiguration of Jesus Christ that says this. And he was transfigured before them. Transformed. Metamorphosis is the, is the Greek. Everything changed. I'm a different person. Metamorphosis. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. So transformed, to be transformed is more than trying not to behave like the world. It's to be turned inside out and God can bring light through you. That's transformation. And it doesn't come just through supernatural experiences. Please hear me. I've had many and yet my mind still needs help. Ask my wife. It comes through the mind. It comes through the mind. The transformation comes through the renewing of this thing in between your ears. And the mind of the heart. So, what's up with our minds? I thought I'd make it common language. What's up with our minds? Why is it so important? Some of you shouldn't answer that question. Well, I'm going to run through this a little quick if I can. Um, the Bible speaks of the mind in multiple different ways. Multiple different ways. Um, but we know for starters that there's such a thing as a hostile mind. The Bible says in Colossians 1.21, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he is reconciled. So before a person is saved, when a person is born on the earth, you know that those wicked works doesn't just mean doing bad things. It's works to achieve salvation without Christ. That's what it is. It's any works to to achieve something that you cannot get un that you can only get from him so sometimes it's even doing really good things really good things to to to, sh to show look I'm I'm good I'm fine without God it's actually the Bible says not really because in our minds the Bible says we have enmity there's a there's something that we're born with that is enmity against God and it's a hostile mind there's no neutrality there. It's hostile. Because why? Self is at their center, right? So it's hostile. So there are many who think that the only problem with the human mind, uh, I can't remember where I read this, so I'm sorry I can't give you the quote, uh, is that it doesn't have access to all the knowledge that it needs. So education becomes the great instrument of redemption. Education and study which is very good to do. It's not a bad thing. Study. Young people, study. Get six degrees if you can. This is very helpful. But it doesn't change the mind. It doesn't transform a person. If you look at... We have more education right now in the world than we've ever had before. The wars are worse. The general decency has gone down. Sexuality has been destroyed. The more education, it hasn't dealt with the heart of man. It hasn't, it, it, education, maybe a little bit it can, it can help because we understand things. Education cannot deal with the deep fear that exists within people. Fear of future, fear of death, fear of disease, fear. And yet it's the number one command in scripture, do not be afraid. Education can't take that away. So the Bible gives us some solutions because it knows there's a hostile mind. 
The Bible also says we have the blinded mind, and that's just those who are unsaved. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The God of this age is Satan the devil. He exists, he is real, but I'm not impressed by him. I'm impressed by Jesus. So I don't spend my time focusing there. But let me tell you, he has supernatural power to blind the mind of a person so they cannot see Christ. That's what the Bible says. That can lead in an unsaved person to a defiled mind. Titus 1, to the, pure and all, to the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. So that is also talking about an unbeliever. Defiled means to be stained another color. That's what it actually means. I, I do woodwork, and when I've stained wood, let me tell you, I, ca I cannot get that stain out. I can try. I have tried. I've, it's, you have to throw it away, start again, which is why we need to be born again. Yeah? Because people have a defiled mind. God says, yeah, no, let's not get the stain out. Let's just make new. But then the mind needs to be renewed because it remembers the old man. And it still thinks like the old man. And it still submits to the desires of the emotions of the old man. Let's look at Ephesians 4.23. It says this, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that's the old person, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts or desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. John Piper says this, Now what in the world is that? The spirit of your mind. Is it up? Great. It means at least this, that the human mind is not a sophisticated computer managing data, which it then faithfully presents to the heart for the appropriate emotional response. The mind has a spirit. In other words, our mind has what we call a mindset. It doesn't just have a view, it has a viewpoint. It doesn't just have the power to perceive and detect, it has a posture, a demeanor, a bearing, an attitude, or a bent. That's what many believers would call a belief system. And yet the Bible says belief comes from the heart. It's the lens. We have a certain mindset. It's the lens. Information comes through that lens. And that can be a stronghold for the negative or a stronghold for the good. We receive information that goes through this lens, this mindset. And there's different types of mindsets that a person can, even as a believer, the Bible says you can get into this type of mindset or this type of mindset or this type of mindset. What are some of those types of mindsets? Or uh, the NIV calls it the attitude of our mind. How many of you, just to make this real, have been speaking to someone, and no matter what you say, you know, mm -mm, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, I can't find a way into the heart. I can't find, it's, it's just distrust at every level. Yeah. <laughs> the mind has a certain set. It has a mindset. To bring thoughts into captivity of Christ is to recognize in any area of our lives when it's under rely, I think a certain way. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Why? Because the Bible says it's the key for transformation. Before I get ahead of myself, I'll just quickly read this one. Doubtful mind. The Bible says that one of the postures of the mind can be a doubtful mind. 
I've, I've known people like that. And this doesn't, I'm not talking about every Christian, I think, at some point has the sudden doubt. Can I just say it? And everyone's going to be like, oh, look what he said. If you've never had a moment in your life where you just suddenly think, does God exist at all? You're not normal. Okay. But it doesn't plague your entire existence. A doubtful mind, it just doubts everything. It wants proof for everything. How do you know? You can't, everything. The Bible says that's in James 1, and those people are tossed back and forth by the waves. Unstable in everything that they do. So it'll translate from job to job to job to job, to school to school to school, to, to, to house to house. It's this no stability. It's, it's very practical, but it's coming from the mind. Even as a believer. The Bible talks about a religious mind. He said to the Pharisees when he would speak to them, and it says in Mark 2, when he says to the man, get up, take your mat and walk, your sins are forgiven. And it says, he says to them, why are you reasoning in your mind? He says his spirit picked up what their thoughts were. He says, why are you reasoning in your mind? Which is better to say? And he goes, he goes through a process in Mark chapter 2. The religious mind knows about God. Yet the transformed person through the renewed mind knows God. The religious mind, when it doesn't have an answer, is altered in the affection for God. Very quickly, a religious mind can be, something doesn't make sense. Why? Because like the Pharisees, they search, I want an answer for why this is going on. I need, I need answers. And sometimes a religious person has all the answers. Well, that happens because of this, and that happens because of this, and that. That's, it's just a religious mind. But as soon as something happens that they don't understand, trauma, tragedy, crisis, or something that's outside of their box, they slip into offense and lack of affection for God. It's because the mind was actually religious. It wasn't renewed, and therefore by leading to a transformed person. A renewed mind, when they don't understand, it doesn't alter their affections for God at all. They just, they trust Him, even if they don't understand. Yeah? Yeah, a renewed mind keeps the heart soft and open for instruction. The religious mind often hardens the heart through the puffing up of knowledge. It's the mind that needs answers all the time. Yet the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. What does that mean? That we have access through relationship to change our thinking until we think like he thinks. I'll say that again. It means we have access through relationship to our thinking to so change that we start to think like he thinks. To genuinely think like he thinks. Even in the reaction moment. Because it doesn't enter your head. Because your thinking has changed. It's extremely powerful. The Bible talks about a futile mind, which I won't go into now. It's just really that, actually, I'll just read you the scripture. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. Rest your hope fully on the grace of Christ that has brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming to former lusts. That word conforming is the only, it's the same word in Romans 12, to not conform. It's the only other time it's used in the Bible. Meaning what? That even when you're saved, unless we've taken a decision to say, I'm going to see that my mind becomes renewed. That's just, it's a decision. It also comes from the soul, the will. I'm going to make a decision to see my mind renewed. The Bible says that what's going to happen is there's going to constantly be a fight. The enemy wants to take you back to thinking the way you used to think or the way the Gentiles think. 
and it actually says to make to such a degree that you will have futile thoughts. Futile thought means devoid of truth. That's what the word means. So you can have a believer who's saved and yet completely devoid of truth and thereby not free. Yeah? Why? Because there's a struggle in the mind. There's a struggle in the mind and if we're not actively saying I'm going to renew my mind it doesn't just stand still. It's not a computer. It's not just, well, this is how I think now, so it now it will just stay like this. No, it will go this way or this way. And the enemy will continue to try pull it back to old ways and old patterns and old thoughts and old strongholds. There is a time, and people say, gee, this is like not exciting. You know, I'm trying to think how a teenager would say it. This is not exciting. I don't, I don't know boring or it's like it's, it just sounds a lot it's scary it, it's there is a place where that battle stops it just stops in areas of your life it just the fight is over but sometimes it's like this for a while does that make sense all right let's go to the renewed mind i wrote this our minds need renewing they start hostile when you're unsaved they start hostile and blinded agreed you see the Bible says that? Then they adopt attitudes and mindsets. Agreed, the Bible says that? And then they are pulled. They are pulled by the enemy. Through what? Unchecked thoughts. Through allowing just the mind. It doesn't, what I, what I think doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, yeah it does. Have you ever heard someone does something terrible, tragic? You know, anything that's on the news. What you hear a lot of people saying, what were they thinking? Oh, so apparently it does. <laughs> it does. What were they thinking? What was in their mind? Because you can only keep it in here for so long. And it will go to the mouth. After the mouth, it will go to the hands. The renewed mind is the best tool to display the power of God. Genuinely is. It is the best tool to display the kingdom. Kingdom come. To display God's power. So I say that and it's a great statement because it makes everyone want to listen. But it is a true statement. It is the best tool to display the power of God. What does the renewed mind do? Well, what did the Bible say? Romans 12. Do not be conformed but transformed, not be conformed to the world, but transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. It's the only key it gives us. That you may prove, what? The will of God. The renewed mind proves the will of God. That word is better written as actually approve. It means approve. I can approve the will of God. And some people think that, you know, that limits God. Not at all. Well, I'll explain in a minute. But to approve the will of God is a dramatically powerful thing because we have two situations that come up in life. A crisis or you have a dream and someone gives you an awful interpretation and a real one or, or any situation with children. Something comes up. You have two situations. The renewed mind actually quite easily says, that's the Lord, that's not. which is a major deal because you cannot even Gamaliel knew this you cannot fight God 
And many believers with an unrenewed mind have no idea. Is this God? Is it the devil? Is it this person? Is it just me? They don't know. So how do you walk if you don't know? How do you walk? How do, you, do I fight this? Do I pray this? Do I ignore it? I, I, I don't know what to do. Why? I need a renewed mind. So I very quickly I look at a situation and say, that's the Lord. And it does, it's not just our intellect, friends. It's transformed person that recognizes it because they know him, not recognizes it through study only. Study is required. It is required. But it's not just, it's I know him and I can, that's the Lord. My mind thinks like he thinks. It's not just memorization of scripture. I know many people that know the Bible off the heart. Their mind is not renewed. It's to know him. So it transforms a person. It's how his will gets done on earth. To know the will of God means I have to, to do the will of God, which is how he invades. Yeah? It's how his kingdom comes, is to do his will here. Well, to do his will, I have to know his will. So the enemy says, if I can remove the ability for them to know God's will in any situation, the kingdom will never invade. And people will never be set free, saved, healed, broken hearts, delivered, families restored, marriages restored. That'll never happen. The kingdom will never invade in any aspect if they don't know what his will is. Which comes from the mind. So why? Why does the Lord need us to give our yes to his will? I had someone say to me as a youth, actually, 10 years ago, you're telling me that, you know, God needs us. No. No, not really. But the Bible says in Psalm 115 that the heavens were made for the Lord and the earth for man. It belongs to man, even though the whole earth belongs to the Lord. But the heavens were made for the, the Lord, the earth for man. And he needs, our, he needs our yes to his will in partnership for his kingdom to come here. I hope that made sense to you. It made sense in my mind. So I'm, I'm good. How? People say, that sounds, how? What do I do? Well, you start with the word. Can you lift up your Bible? Okay, if you have one. This here is the key. The key. Why do I say that? You start with the word, not with rhema. Not with the, this prophecy or the revealed word of God. No, the, low, the written word. When you sow a seed, okay, the Bible says according to the parable of the sower that the seed is what? The seed is the? The word. John, in John 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them, talking about the disciples, Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. So when you sow the word into the heart, you're actually putting truth in there. What does truth do? It sanctifies. What's sanctify? It's the opposite of being conformed. Sanctify also means to set apart, to, to, to consecrate, to be separate, to called out. So when you put the truth in there, and it's truth, it starts the process of pulling you away from the world by fixing the way you think, because you've put truth, and it's a seed, okay? What does truth do? Sets you free, but not like you think. People say, really? Yeah, really. It says this, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So I cannot just throw truth at someone. 
I have to know the truth intimately. That word know is the word in the Hebrew, it's yada. It's when Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. It's an intimate knowledge of truth. And it's not knowledge here. It's an intimate experience of truth. Because truth is a person too. So how do I find intimate knowledge, intimate experience with truth? In order to sow the seed of truth to change the way I think. To pull me. How do I do that? You go to the scripture with the author, the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what you do. Because it says this. Titus says, we are, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and, re, and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. You know that word renewing up there? Wherever it is, there in capitals? It's the only other time the word renewing is used. The renewing of the mind, it's only used there. Meaning what? It's the Holy Spirit who does it. That's why it's not just through study. I'm trying to be as practical as I can. It's not just through study. I have to go to God's Word with all authority and power, unchanging Word, with the author to develop an intimate knowledge of truth, an intimate awareness of truth. So I go with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who brings that truth and starts a process of renewing even after I've been regenerated. See how it separates the two? I've been saved, been regenerated, but I need renewing. And that requires the Holy Spirit. So, how do I do that? Well, I told us, by learning to abide. Abide in my word, and you shall be my disciples indeed. And then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So it's in abiding in his word with the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Well, through meditation. And we've already proved you all know how to meditate, which is fantastic news. That means freedom is not far away. Really, it is. Through catching thoughts. For catching thoughts. Friends, I encourage you. Don't let things go through your mind unchecked. There will be a season in any area. Let's use the, 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 the greatest one, fear, because it's so common. Catch the thought. It doesn't belong to you. It's not from you. You catch it. No. Then you meditate. You speak the truth, not the lie. You say, no, I am this, and I am this, and God has done this. And You speak the truth, opposite of what that silly little bird is. You take a shotgun and you shoot that thing. That's what you have to do. Yeah, it's true. So the bird flies across. You say, no. If you let them just fly across, you know what starts to happen? It's like, even if they don't nest in your hair straight away, if the birds just fly all the time, you know what? You get used to it. You stop paying attention to it. Just like in the natural. You're like, I didn't see any birds. And there were birds. There's stuff that will come across your mind over and over and over. Catch it. That's what it means to bring it to captivity. Let me ask you a question. Are your thoughts taking you captive or are you taking them captive? Because who's in charge? You. Renew your mind. You're in 
charge of those things. They come into your sphere. And you're like, no, just go ahead. No, catch him. Come here, I'm going to make dinner. Catch him. Catch the thought. And then you meditate. Speak the truth. Read it. Read, even if it's one verse, read it, read it, read it, read it. Memorize it, speak it. Meditate on the truth that's the opposite of whatever that stupid bird is. And meditate on it. And people say, that's a lot of effort. You know, it will be extreme like that for a short amount of time. It will not remain like that. Because truth has ultimate authority. Recognize your mindset. That's another way. Recognize your mindset. In what set is my mind? In what, what is my mind thinking about the same thing all the time? What's my reaction to this? What is my mindset in regarding this issue? Because it has a set. It has a bent. Recognize it. Just be honest with yourself. Don't punish arms so bad. No, you're not. That's another bird. Shoot that thing too. And then bring it to the Lord in prayer. Practical, very simple. Pray. Actually pray about it. Why? Because now I'm involving the Holy Spirit. You know? I thank you, Lord, that I can approach you. Even though I've just messed up because I'm still righteous in your name. I thank you that I can come boldly. I thank you that you don't call me stupid, you call me son. I thank you, I thank you. Holy Spirit, help me. Let change my mind. Change the way I think about this. Rescue my affections. Speak it. Pray it. Friends, it will transform you completely. And it starts here. It will change you inside and out to the place where you see you've torn down so many strongholds that you can witness a stronghold in another person's life and you can throw a truth bomb. Boom. And it destroys it for them too. That's a renewed mind. Oh, it's powerful. So a person comes, I have this issue in my body. Is it God's will? No. Let me show you, prove God's will. Power. Because of the way you think. Just because of the way you think. Oh, it's such power. I'll have to leave it there. It's already 10.35. No. 11.35. Oh, so I'm hoping for another hour. Nice try. Nice try. Can I give you one example and then we'll be done? The renewed mind transform a person so they think like that kingdom, not this one. Let me give you a very practical example. If you go into a different country, let's say two kingdoms, the United States, let's say that's a kingdom, and if there's two kingdoms, which we're talking about in the spirit, in the US, you drive on the right side of the road. Every, most other countries, they drive on the wrong side of the road. Or should we say the left, exactly, the left side of the road. If you go into another kingdom and operate on the laws of this country, it's not going to go well. You cannot go into another kingdom and drive on the right side of the road because they don't do that there. You have to operate according to the laws of that country. You cannot go into South Africa where pedestrians do not have right of way 
and operate according to the laws of this country. I mean this, you will get run over. You really will. It's, it's, it's different laws, okay? The kingdom has laws or, or, or truths or things that it operates on. And we in this kingdom, we all have the same desires. We people to set free, bodies to be healed, people to be saved, minds to be changed, lives to be transformed. But we cannot operate according to the principles and the laws of this realm and expect that realm to agree. What do I mean? If it's true, it is true in that kingdom that to live, you die. Death to self, death to old man. To live, to have life, requires death. It's true in that kingdom. It is true in that kingdom that you receive by giving. That's not true in this kingdom. But it's true in that kingdom. It's true in that kingdom that you are to be exalted, you go down. Up is down. It's true in that kingdom that little is much. Small mustard seed overcomes the biggest obstacle in this realm, which is a mountain. It's true in that kingdom that increase comes through use, not through saving and hoarding. It operates different. A renewed mind thinks like that and brings it here. Can we stand?